Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hello, how are you? Hope you're doing well. And welcome along to the latest episode of 90 Min's new podcast series. It's called Football's Climate Conversation, in which we take a look at how climate change is affecting the beautiful game. In this episode, we're going to be discussing the success of Green Football Weekend, an initiative that aimed at getting football fans engaged in positive climate actions. How are you doing today? My name's Shabana Hare, and it's very good to be with you. And in the hot seat for us today. Katie Cross, founder of Pledgeball, an organisation who along with Planet League organised the Green Football Weekend. Katie, you well? I am really well, thank you. Yeah, I do need to clarify a point there actually. <laughs> we were, It was not just us two who organised Green Football Weekend. There were, there were many parties and other halves who were also involved in that. It was quite a big a big uh, collective of us in the end. So there was also Sky and BT Sport and Countersin and the Football Supporters Association who were all kind of hauling that together at, along with, like I said, all the families at home who were suffering from it. <laughs> it was a great job by all. So well done to everybody involved in organising it. And well done to you as well. Katie, so modest. I would have taken all, I would have taken all the plaudits. <laughs> uh, and also Sarah Greaves of Canaries Trust is with us as well. Sarah, how are you? Are you well? Yeah, I'm doing very well. Thank you. Thanks for having me on. Thanks for ha- thanks for coming on. How's life as a Norwich fan? Are you tortured? Uh, I wouldn't say tortured. Well, it depends what week it is, right? This this week we're we're not tortured at all. We're sort of basking in the glory of our three-one victory. But like last week or the week before, it would have been quite torturous. Yeah. You've been teased. That's what Norwich are doing to you just now. Uh, Ladies, thank you so much for being with us. We're going to get into it. The Green Football Weekend was a two-week tournament which culminated on the 5th of February. And during it, football fans from over 80 participating clubs around the UK competed in the Green Football Cup and scored green goals for their clubs. You might have seen it on the telly. You might have seen it in adverts. You might have seen it on the, heard it on the radio. Um, And whenever you're just kind of looking about, you might be realising now, oh, that's what that was all about. Um, it's about raising awareness and if you've been involved good for you in total 84,000 green goals were scored by fans from up and down the country with 20,000 scored during the green football weekend between the third and the 5th of February. Um, Katie let's start with you it was an incredible achievement Uh, tell us how it all came about and how it became such a huge success. I mean, this is a story I don't really know myself, to be honest. It all became such a whirlwind. But to be frank, it started um, with various people simultaneously having conversations around the need for a day that brought, I guess, climate and how it impacts um, yeah, our game, you know, what we do currently to the fore in the same way that, you know, Football has other days that raises awareness around other social causes. Mm. And there was quite a group of us who simultaneously seemed to have these conversations. As I said, the Football Supporters Association, Forest Green Rovers were involved in those conversations, um, Sky, Planet League, etc. And 
it started really just from weekly planning sessions um you know the highs and lows of, of trying to bring it together with so many organizations and then culminating as you said in green football weekend and so many people came on board and when i say so many people um what was fantastic was that very last minute we had you know huge organizations giving it their backing um you know outwardly spoken support from the WSL the women's championship uh, the FA across the board but also really amazing work from supporters fans across the country pushing it out there non-league clubs and lower league clubs you know Clevedon Town for example holding an activation where they incentivized fans to cycle to the game all in the name of Green Football Weekend fans contacting us just lending their support and saying fantastic that really made the whole thing and it all seemed to happen almost exponentially that last minute all these people came out the woodwork and it resulted in really a much bigger event than we expected Mm, it was incredible and I loved watching it over the weekend and being involved with 90 minutes podcast podcast series and it you know becoming more to the front of my mind you know if I wasn't uh, originally right invested in it even though we all should be this weekend you know patting the back to everybody involved because it really has taken it up another level and that's the important thing um and what's lovely is that so many fans were involved for their club so they could help their club win uh, the green football cup and uh my team, Manchester United, bagged it. 17,545 green goals, over 7,000 more than any other team. And those green goals saved an impressive 10,169 kilograms of carbon emissions, which is just absolutely incredible. Um, tell me, Sarah, uh, you know, scoring these green goals, Manchester United winning, what is it about <laughs> Manchester United that are so um, good at going for it and pushing at that extra level? Yeah, I think that it's really fascinating to see how the team sort of changed in the week leading up to that, the weekend and how how it sort of, you know, we were we were ahead of Burnley for a long time and then they they beat us in the end, even though we, you know, we were playing off against each other. And I think it's just different adoptions by the clubs at different times, right? For for Norwich, it was the first time we'd ever done anything like this from a the supporters association perspective and from the club, whereas other clubs have been involved in pledge ball and other initiatives before now. Um, so, you know, perhaps there was that awareness in Man U that they were already aware of some of this and were already pledging, but also maybe because it's a big city and it's a big transport hub, perhaps it's easier to make those changes, right? Perhaps it's easier to say, I don't need to drive to the ground, whereas whereas in Norwich, it can be quite challenging to think of other mm. ways to get to the football when you haven't got sort of that great transport network so you know well done man you but I was actually quite pleased that Norwich came 20th I was just checking the table going <laughs> how many teams were taking part <laughs> and realized we actually did we did pretty well um and it was like quite slow for us to get going and then all of a sudden people mm. were getting engaged and were um you know, uh, saying pledging what they were going to do and posting on social media. So we had like the the chairman of the Canary Trust pledging that he was maybe going to get on an e-scooter or a, or a bike. We had people on the board showing pictures of them doing different things. So, and, and that just helped bring awareness and bring it to life. Like these are the things you could be mm-hmm. doing mm-hmm. to sort of make your pledges to make it more real. We have to give huge plaudits and flowers to the pupils uh, St. Catherine's pupils, uh, Fatima and Molina, who scored 3,363 of Manchester United's green goals uh, on their own, which, yeah, just incredible. And what's lovely, being a mum, we're so aware that 
the kids are the future of this, right? So getting them involved in schools and their teachers pushing that and making it so much fun for them, knowing that they're going to get something out of this as well, um, is really, really sweet. And actually, you know, looking at the bigger picture, they're the future and they're going to be aware of it. And that's the important thing. You know, they're 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 being raised to be green and, and that's lovely. Um, Katie, can you tell me about the 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 green football weekend goals? Uh, tell me about some of those goals that were scored. So they varied really. So there were two ways in which you could score goals. You could carry out certain activities, for example, taking a reusable water bottle around with you and and sending in a photo of that, and then you score goals, or you could choose to make a switch and pledge to do that. So these ranged really from, like I said, switching to using a reusable water bottle to going vegan two days a week to mm. reducing your heating to by a degree to reducing your shower time and really the reason for that is that it makes it really accessible then so i mean green football weekend was about saving emissions it was about demonstrating the impact we can have as a collective even through changes that you know work for us but maybe aren't that big yet because we're not ready to go on to that next level yet that that collectively is huge but also it's about making it very visible that we all care as a collective. Mm-hmm. I mean, what's crazy is that when you look at research and you look at, you know, fan-specific football surveys, over 80% of people care about climate. And with the football fans, they want their te- their clubs to take more action. But we don't see that. You know, it's not something that people often have a conversation about, really, because it's such an overwhelming problem. People don't want to address it. They don't know how to start having those conversations. Mm. So with those green goals, not only is it increasing awareness and and really demonstrating what people can do and the impact of that, but also it's showing clubs, organising bodies, businesses, that there's a huge sway, you know, the majority of us care and want to take action. And so it starts then to accelerate the kind of structural change that you need to see. So, you know, Sarah talked about, the fact that it's not easy necessarily to take greener transport options within Norwich. Well, then it highlights that people want to have those options available and then those decision makers can go on and make to support that. But we need to make visible that we do care in order for that to happen. And do you feel that absolutely happened over the the, the tournament? Do you think it, it brought other people in who maybe weren't aware and it's made them care? I think so. I mean, this at the moment is very much a feeling I have, mm-hmm. certainly from the feedback I've received anecdotally it is. I mean, we're, as Green Football Weekend, undergoing um, a, an evaluation process at the moment, or some independent researchers are. So it'll be interesting to see what that comes back with. But certainly the anecdotal evidence so far is that yes. And as you said at the beginning, it certainly seems to have taken up a notch. Mm-hmm. You know, sustainability in sport is is growing exponentially, but it's still so far behind under other industries. And it needs to rapidly catch up. And I think that this started to bring that conversation into the fore. I think you're right. Uh, Sarah, do you agree? Um, and, and what else needs to be done from the football clubs, you know, directly, who who bring in millions and billions of pounds and have fans watching them all around the world? What else do they need to do to step up a level? Yeah, I think I, I think there's two things, isn't there? There's there's a sort of using using the power of football in this collection of people coming together to to sort of explain what they can do to make a difference and those tiny little changes that Katie mentioned can all add up 
to something massive, right? You know, I, I, I changed to like always getting my takeaway coffee with a reusable cup. I refuse to buy a coffee unless I've got my reusable cup and I saved my 50p, it's brilliant. And you think that doesn't make a difference, but actually if there's like thousands of us doing it, it makes a huge difference. So I think, I think the green football weekend showed people that these tiny little changes collectively have big impact. So they're, they're sort of using the power of football to make people know that. Mm. And then there's when we're at the football, thinking about how that experience can be more sustainable and how we can encourage those football games, getting to them and from them. And while you're there, as green as they possibly can be. And, you know, Norwich has done quite a lot of work on that. And we, you know, the club is very proud of things like our bees that we have at the training ground and we have an allotment and we have food recycling and we have vegan meals for the players and the water is reused at the training ground and it's that that is brilliant and we need to bring that into the actual football stadium and make more of that experience even more sustainable and we've done a lot of work on that and we trialed some things at green football weekend we tried to man recycling points for um cups and cardboard and bottles after the sort of halftime break to say these is where this is where you can put stuff to be recycled and and it wasn't that successful everyone was just you know chucking mm. things in the recycling bin um but that's like doesn't mean we shouldn't do that again it just means okay that didn't work that time we're all used to sorting out our recycling and our waste when we're at home mm. so we just need to think about how we make that more obvious maybe at the, at the ground and keep trying to push things forward. So I, I think the potential for the impact football can have about this issue that everyone cares about but doesn't know how to start tackling because it's so massive mm. could, could be huge and you just reach people in a different way. As the football scene goes, we go again, you know, on to the next and you do it all again and, and it will become routine for people. And seriously, if you're, if you're listening now and you're not, green focus yet but you know that you're ready to start and just be more aware of it once you start it's addictive like I love recycling I'm out there in the bins every night doing it I'm really really sad Um, I'm not sure that's a common thing (laughs) (laughs) it's like therapy right (laughs) furious my my kids as well furious with parents and adults if they're not what what are you just chucking that in the waste for that could be reused or it could be recycled and I think it's great that they're just being brought up in this sustainable way and pushing us all to change and, you know, adopt uh, different practices and stuff. It's brilliant. Yeah. I have a new game. If you, when you go to a, a football game and you're sat in a stadium, so going back to service point, if you look around you and imagine, for example, <laughs> everyone carrying out their recycling properly or everyone reusing a reusable cup, you know, you can see so many people around you. Mm. That, you know, that happening is hugely impactful, but visualising it by being able to see everybody next to you seems like it's perfectly possible, but also hugely impactful. Mm. You know, getting 10% of those people to cycle to the, the ground or change how they travel there, walk, whatever it is, the impact it has as a collection of people is amazing. And, and I think mm. visualising that in a football stadium is brilliant. Do you know, I am um, going slightly off piece. I, I do like to go off on an atter, but um, on the Monday after um, Green Football Weekend kind of came to an end in that tournament, um, Pep Guardiola had had uh, a bit of a moan about having to take the coach and the long journey and we were all exhausted. And listening to the show and listening to the clip, I thought, 
oh my goodness, he's not been briefed on Green Football Weekend, or he has, but it's not important to him because he's in a title race and pressure's on as a manager. We really, really need to see the big names. I know Graham Potter, I mean, bless his heart, he's under so much pressure as a football manager, but he's so keen on making sure that his club is sustainable and he's, he's and, and fans, some fans who are football fans, you know, we are the lads and, you know, we're just about getting the points on the board and scoring the goals and if not doing that job, you're out. I think it's so important that he's so aware of that. And I think other managers need to put it out there as well. I know they have other focuses on their mind, but this is such an important conversation. And I think Pep Guardiola got that so wrong on that Monday. And of course, his team didn't brief him or he was brief, but he didn't care. One or the other. What do you think about that? It's about shifting those norms, isn't it? And, you know... A few years back, everybody's touting, you know, taking pictures of themselves on their private mm-hmm. jets flying to whichever away game it is. Now, you don't see clubs doing that. They, mm-hmm. they don't take photos of themselves because they know that the consensus has shifted and they're going to open themselves up to people criticising. And a lot of those comments, you know, in response to Green Football Weekend, clearly showed that people do want clubs to address sustainability. Mm-hmm. But it's... We're starting to get there. That shift is coming. And I think we'll hit a tipping point. I think, you know, people, it's looked at as 25% of the group, I think, shifting to a new social norm and the rest just follow. Mm-hmm. And we're not that far off. You know, people are starting to consider sustainability and put it first. And so I think, you know, <laughs> this will become something that clubs very quickly have to address first and foremost alongside performance. Yeah. Yeah, I completely agree. Sarah, um, we kind of touched on this in the last episode um, before Green Football Weekend and the build-up to it, um, about getting a, a huge star in football to be the face of it and, you know, that impact that that would have. But, of course, they're worried about contradicting themselves because then, of course, they do have to fly a lot of the time and they're travelling a lot and life their lives that they lead are very, very expensive lives. Um do you think we're on the, the precipice of that happening? Is there is there somebody ready to step up and make that change to encourage their fans to change? Yeah, I I, I think there is, and I think there are players who are already doing it. You know, an ex Norwich um, footballer who's now at Rangers, Todd Cantwell, mm. he signed up with WWF, and he's often seen travelling to and from games in his WWF hoodie, just raising. The awareness of issues that bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn five dollars into one hundred and fifty dollars instantly when you place your first wager at bet MGM. Simply download the bet MGM app and sign up using code champion 150. Then place a five dollar wager on any sport. You'll receive one hundred and fifty dollars in bonus bets regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sports books has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions. Same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? 
Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. They are campaigning for, um, and I think players, yes, you know, they lead a very different lifestyle to us, but actually they could be promoting switching to fancy hybrid electric cars, right? Mm -hmm. They could be showcasing the things that, that they're doing that make their lives more sustainable. And I think I think talking about players, wasn't there a group recently who travelled by train to their match up north, right? And they got yeah. stuck on the train as well as the the fans. But it was kind of like, what a statement yeah. to make to say, yes, we know this is an incredibly long way and we could fly, but we're not going to. We're gonna take we're gonna take the train. And and I know other clubs haven't done that. They've maybe flown their short distances very recently. Um so I think foot footballers should should be passionate about things that impact the world and their fans. And if there there's big names out there who, who want to become those climate champions, I say go for it, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um yeah, I don't mean to be negative about that because there are so many clubs who are so invested and in, and in, in so up for it. Uh, fair play to Leicester finished second in the table. Uh Leeds in third, Chelsea in fourth. Well done, Graham Potter, your message getting across. West Ham United in fifth. And Sarah, as we said earlier on, your team Norwich came in 20th, scoring an impressive 1057 goals. Um, can we talk about elsewhere in the UK, other clubs and fans, you know, playing their part in Green Football Weekend and some of the initiatives from clubs um that have started? Uh, fair play to Wolves, who have announced a new one pack, one planet sustainability initiative, along with friends of 90 Men Football for Future with the aim of making the club net zero by 2040. Katie, that's a big, bold statement to make. Uh, what do you think about it? I mean, I think it's fantastic they've signed up to that because those kind of targets is exactly what people need, what clubs need to be doing. You know, with the net zero, that means that they have to reduce emissions rather than slipping into the offsetting, as we see with carbon neutral. So with carbon neutral, it's slightly different where people carry on, well, they carry on with certain activities, but they choose to offset it. Um, and the issue with that is there's certain ambiguity around the offsetting anyway, but we really need to reduce first. So with the net zero targets, that's fantastic because they will have to make sure that they are on track to meet those. So they'll be measured against those. And I believe that the the pack has ensured that, you know, they've had a full audit. They know the stages in that process, they know what they could do in the short term, they know what they need to work towards in the long term. So I think it really does, you know, set the bill very well. See that Ips, uh, sorry, Carlisle United ran a green marketplace. I love this one. This one's very sweet. Um, at their home game against Harrogate Town, where fans then could meet local charities and environmental organizations. Um, again, it's just putting it there in front of fans who maybe aren't aware and starting that that change in in their mentality and their outlook on it. Yeah. I think anything you can do that sort of makes it real to people 
and adds in a competitive edge because like all football fans love competition yeah. which is why the the pledging was so successful right mm. just just brings it home to people the changes they can make and the different things that are available to them and you know we're, at, the, at the Norwich Burnley game we put on a lot of different initiatives to sort of try and get people involved or thinking about things in a different way and some were super successful and some weren't as successful but that doesn't mean to say we're not gonna keep trying because the you know you don't just sort of stop at the first oh well we couldn't make that work you just keep going yeah well you've also Um, really hit on something there I mean you know it's about sparking the conversations and planting the seed and that repetitive nature and not giving up with it it's not exactly switch is it yeah and as you know Katie that was a big weekend for us I was you know Norwich has done a huge amount behind the scenes about making the club itself more sustainable but it was the first time we'd sort of the club and the supporters associations and other groups have worked together to say, okay, we're going to really embrace this green football weekend and and take this out to the fans and try and get them involved in the conversation. You know, I, I think before that weekend, we were probably nowhere on that table, right? People mm-hmm. weren't even aware they could be pledging or scoring green goals. So it was a big step forward for us. Um, Southampton women as well they offered free tasters of vegan food they gave out wildflower seeds encouraging car sharing to the game which is important mm-hmm. and ran education sessions with the team on sustainability Southampton have been doing their bit for quite some time haven't they um, and they keep going Sarah you are impressed with how Norwich have done but they also ran the greenest game against Burnley so can you tell us about the greenest game what that what that is what that means yeah, so so like like I was saying, it was the first time we'd sort of all worked together to sort of bring this to the fans at a game. So we ran a huge number of initiatives um, with with the club running many, and us the sort of supporters trust coming in to to help support them, and some other organisations did as well. So there was things from discounts on the bike hiring system in Norwich, so you could travel to the game in a different way. Um, there was a two pound bus fare cap in the city that day. So you could take the bus to the ground for a reduced price. There was uh, travel mugs on sale at a reduced price point in the club shop. There were reusable bags given out in the club shop if you purchase stuff. There was vegan pies on offer in the vendor outlets for a a reduced price point. There was Skittles replacing all other sweets because they're vegan friendly. Um, Mm. There was... uh, the recycling bins that I've mentioned that were not super successful, mm-hmm. but we're going to figure out a way to make them successful. We um, there was a junior canaries competition where they got wildflower seeds and they had to do um, other initiatives, I think, to look at sustainability. And there was a prize they could win a signed team shirt, but the shirts are also trying to be more sustainable. They're using recycled plastic now for printing numbers and names on the backs of shirts. Isn't that brilliant? So I think it just brought a huge amount of things together. And we, and we also did, um, a food bank collection to sort of support you know reuse of food and redistribution of food and we were looking to do like electrical collections for small electrical items which didn't get over the finishing line but we'll try that again another time you know mm. a, a sort of clothes bank donation again reusing things and, and using the football ground as a place where you can take your stuff too as you're going to the football and and you know as a big collection point so so for us it was like it was a super successful day there was also a cake competition using locally sourced produce between sort of some junior Burnley fans and some junior Norwich fans and mm. Burnley won it they even won that <laughs> but but it sort of sort of didn't matter because it was again getting the kids thinking in a different way oh I have got to buy things that are local 
where do I find my local produce? I don't just go to like a supermarket and buy stuff off the shelves. So, so I think it was a brilliantly successful day. The club and the fans and everyone embraced it. And and yes, we're going to carry on trying to think how we make make things better and what we're going to take forward to sort of roll out over the rest of the season and and beyond. Well done. It sounds brilliant and a lot of effort going into that. Katie, what have you noticed is the most successful way of engaging with fans? What do they initially respond to best? Oh, that's a really interesting one. Mm-hmm. Prizes. <laughs> and the competition. I mean, who doesn't mm-hmm. want to be in the opposition? Um, mm-hmm. To be honest, that is that is the main way in which you first get people through the door. And this isn't this isn't because of how they feel about climate fundamentally but it's because of their immediate response to it so you know we touched upon this earlier as individuals a lot of people feel very powerless so whereas we obviously want something to happen we want to protect you know the air that we breathe we want to clean it up we want to protect the game that we love but we don't know how to go about doing that so what we find is the best way is to get people through the door to get them to engage with the pledgeable process the green foot weekend process And then through that process, they start to see the impact that as a collective we can have. And it starts to shift that feeling. And as soon as you start to feel more empowered to take action, realize that you do have a role in this, that leads to further things. And I mean, what people don't realize is the significant role they have. So Mm -hmm. Everton, for example, one fan wrote into Everton to ask them about the sustainability plan. And that instigated that. Wow. Speaking out about it, having conversations with your family and friends, having conversations at work starts to spread this exponentially. I mean, I've used this stat now three times. I've still not looked it up <laughs> accuracy. But um, I did hear that, you know, if if you as an individual spoke to three people, just three people with a message, and those three people spoke to just three more people each mm. and so on and so on, it takes between two and three weeks that message to spread across the world. And it's that kind of you know peer-to-peer resonance you speaking with your family and friends that starts to really carry the weight so it's yeah getting people through the door you need to do it in a way that isn't about climate because there are such negative associations with that Mm -hmm. therefore do it through the competition but after that that engagement process then starts to shift how we feel that's brilliant um I agree as well, you know, that having those conversations, it will just start to, to spread the message. Sarah, what is what is next as well with um, Norwich and Canadian Trust? What's your plans for climate action moving forward? Yeah, so we're going to carry on working with the club. We have a meeting, I think, in a couple of weeks to sort of think about next steps and what we're going to keep moving forward with. Getting the recycling bins working. I know I've mentioned that a few times. But <laughs> It's an <laughs> easy win, right? And it yeah. and it's a way of making it easy and then it becomes second nature for people that this is where I put our plastic bottles after we've finished our drinks. I don't just lob them in, in the waste. And that, that makes a significant difference. So that's going to be my first thing I'd love to crack at the ground. And then we'll sort of move forward and figure out what else is next. Is it the recycling points for other things that people would love to recycle but don't know how to or it's just you know because the football ground just makes it easier for you to recycle your light bulbs or your batteries because you can just have them in your pockets and you can drop them off as you go to the football ground so I think there's that part but then it's also carrying on working with the club and the other organizations to figure out how we make the game itself greener and more sustainable right 
Absolutely. Um, do you remember when, I don't know, when you guys were at school or if they've still got it at school now, do you remember the bin monitors? Did any of you ever play a part as a bin yes. monitor? Yeah. yeah. I was a bin monitor. Clearly I've got issues, but um, I found the whole thing very therapeutic. It's, it's It stayed with me. But what we could try and do is try and get a club legend to come along to those match days, be a bin monitor. Imagine getting a high five from your club legend for recycling. Let's, let's put that out there. It is an important message. And I bet if it's one fan that responds to that or to that person doing it or pushing it, it, it would it would quickly resonate with them and they would make the change moving forward. Yeah, yeah. Make it make it a competition as well. Norwich also bidding for uh, <laughs> Norwich also bidding for the Pledge Ball League title. I've heard this year. <laughs> really? What does that mean? So beyond Greenfoot Weekend, we carry on the work. So, so um, Greenfoot Weekend saw the kind of beginning of Pledge Ball's yeah. partnership with Norwich. Okay. So throughout the season. Norwich will continue to select fixtures, which they will push as pledgeable fixtures, again with prizes. <laughs> um, basically competing against other clubs for the pledgeable league title. So it runs concurrently with the football season. Fans can pledge for as many fixtures as they want to. And in fact, if their club is offering prizes, the more fixtures they pledge for, the more time they're entered in, times they're entered into that prize draw. And then at the end of the season, we award the Pledgeable League tr- trophy. So the current title holders from last year are Bristol City. Mm-hmm. So I was going to say, don't don't choose a Bristol fixture. <laughs> well, <laughs> uh, no, we won't. <laughs> um, but I think currently in the lead actually leads. Um, mm-hmm. So we'll see. But Charlton have got a big Pledgeable fixture this weekend. So they, mm-hmm. I noticed very quickly already, just from comms going out yesterday, have shot to the top 10, just below Arsenal. Wow. Uh, Burnley and Huddersfield have got a pledgeable derby this weekend. So both clubs are pushing pledgeable this weekend. So it'll be interesting to see which one be- wins that derby and therefore where they end up in that pledgeable league as well. So it's all to play for, really. And Norwich, I mean, Norwich has sat in the... Oh, number 10. Oh, wow. Oh. <laughs> and, you know, I, I think we're doing really well, considering this is the first season we've actually really taken part in this, right, Katie? Right. Yeah. I mean, we can get that trophy. Forget, forget going to Wembley in the playoffs. This is the. Trophy. I have no doubt that the Canaries could get this trophy this season. Yeah. I mean, the club have been amazing. The supporters yeah. have been amazing. You've only had one fixture to feed in numbers to the pledgeable league. Yeah. You know, other clubs ch- tend to choose like four to six fixtures to push in season. So you know, <laughs> there is all to play for. <laughs> yeah, just Canaries fans, just pledge for every fixture and you'll see yourself at the top of the table. <laughs> I love the the passion and listening to that conversation, how much it means uh, to both of you. Katie, out of curiosity, I haven't asked, who's your who's your club? I don't know if I'm allowed to say. Can oh, I say when we yeah, work? You can say, yeah, we're in a safe space. Only I definitely if you want can't to. say with Sarah here either. <laughs> ah, don't say you're Burnley. It's not Ipswich, is it? No, I'm not Burnley. It's just that after that Norwich Burnley fixture, they came, they came to play Bristol City, and uh, the yeah, result was playing not what Norwich expected after. I see four wins away. I see. Um, I have a lot of time for Bristol City women's team, so it's okay, Katie. don't we all they're doing a very good job they look like they could go up they They look like they could um okay ladies thank you so much what would you like to see before we go any further um sarah starting with yourself what would you like to see um just change 
overnight when you go to a football ground, when you go watch Norwich and sit next time? I mean, I know if recycling's your thing, you've made this, you've made this clear. <laughs> Is there anything else that if anybody's listening just now, any Norwich fans, uh, football fans, what you can do um, on the day of going to a, a game or just making a change for the better? Yeah, take, take your own water bottle with you and fill it up. Don't buy one. Mm-hmm. Um, that would make a big difference. Or take your own coffee cup. Don't buy a throwaway coffee cup. Take take something with you to have it filled up. I would start there. Something small. Okay. Okay, Katie, anything else? I mean, I'd go for, because Sarah's gone, you know, quite rightly in at smaller, like the achievable things that people can do very easily. I think the other thing that they could do that would be probably the biggest thing that would have an impact on match day is to choose sustainable forms of transport and tell your club and your council that you want them to support more sustainable forms of transport. Um, Yeah, I think that would be my biggest one. And and more bus stops. So one thing we're working on with with Norwich is getting um, bus stops in place for where the women's team play. So at the moment, that's not really that accessible by public transport, which means people drive or can't get to the game. So actually it becomes a win-win if you improve the public transport links. Uh, Katie, here at 90 Men, we're all doing our bit. We're aware. We're trying to work on it. But can you tell us um, about 90 Men's content partnership with Pledge Ball moving forward? Yeah, so 90 Men's taken on the role of lead pundit. (laughs) And they are basically going to be the pundit (laughs) commentating on... Norwich's journey to victory in the Pledge Ball League 22-23. <laughs> so yes. this month, uh, there will be content um, around club standings within the Pledge Ball League, which clubs have really, you know, really made some outstanding performances, which fans have spoken out and uh, really demonstrated what they're doing and told us about it. But yeah, we will see Norwich <laughs> climb up from 10 trying to make up for that Bristol City <laughs> defeat now Casey it's okay <laughs> well it's great hey, um, yeah. it feels like everybody at the end of this will be a Norwich fan whether we like it or not <laughs> that, that's always my mission wherever I go convert someone else <laughs> I like your style. Um, so keep in touch with 90 Min as well. You can do that on our Twitter, on our Instagram, and of course on our YouTube channels. Like and subscribe, and uh, we'll keep you up to date with that and pledge ball moving forward. Uh, Sarah, Katie, thank you so much for your time today. We really appreciate it, and fingers crossed we can make the change for all football fans moving forward. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today.